Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast. The podcast where we are not going to talk about Stranger Things, dude. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely God, not, not talking that about podcast. that. Uh, and that may know, be one of the more honest intros we've ever had. This is going <laughs> to... If you're if you're wanting to avoid uh, Stranger Things spoilers, good news. Listen to this fucking podcast. talk about yeah, it exactly. Except for just now to say that we're not going to talk about it. Exactly. I actually don't even watch the show to be honest with you. So I don't, but I, I get the I get the obsession with it. I watched the first two seasons, same, and I liked it. I just sort of for some reason like didn't really care to continue. I remember yeah. actually feeling like the the finale of season two was like. Okay, they're going really weird with this, and I don't know how I feel about it. And then yeah. I think enough time passed where I was just like, mm, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. People have been raving about the fourth season, and like I've seen, I've been seeing all the memes about like people like crying after the finale. Yeah, which, you know, I love me a good cry. Who doesn't love a good it cry? Makes me want to get back into it, but no, I'm I also like, I'm also at the will. hipster moment where I'm like, mm, fuck it, I was no, you, no, fucking, you, you I don't like Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I remember. I I'd rather watch reruns of Are You Afraid of the Dark. <laughs> That's what I'd rather watch reruns of. I recently got uh, my parents' uh, Paramount Plus login. Oh yeah, and I feel like Are You Afraid of the Dark is on because I think a lot of the Nick stuff is on. Probably there, yeah, so that might be on there. Dude, the reason why I well, my mom texted me. She was like, "Oh, just so you have it," but then I never used it until like a couple days later. I was looking up the Detroiters. I think it's oh, just yeah. Detroiters. I always put the the, but it's yeah. just Detroiters, bro. So fucking funny. Yeah. If anyone is listening right now and I haven't seen Detroiters, bro, we talked about this last watch time. Detroiters, did we? <laughs> yes. Okay. I think since then I finished it, and now I'm like okay. obsessed because I think maybe at that time I wasn't even on second season. I, I powered through it. The nice. show is incredible. So if anyone, and I know a lot of people that listen to our show have watched, I think you should leave on Netflix uh, because uh, now I remember we definitely have talked about it. We definitely did it yeah. last week. But it's the same guy and you'll love it. Absolutely. Just, like, don't even hesitate. Don't don't try and find out what it's about because it, it really explains so easily. Like, there's nothing to like get. It's all like on the surface really. And it's just, it's funny. You'll like it. Just watch it. And if you yeah. don't like it, you don't have good taste. Yeah, it Just makes kidding. sense. It is, it is a little more like, because it's a sitcom, so you kind of have to enjoy that humor, I guess. But like, mm-hmm. they're really good. It's really funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't funny. A forced segue. Where are those fights last night? <laughs> <laughs> guess what? Still forcing it. Yeah, it's still, yeah. <laughs> I'm, you had this pause like you were like, guess waiting, what? Like, should I try and find a better one or no? <laughs> Guess what? Leo's just like the Supreme Court of the United States right now. Oh, uh, just forcing it. Just forcing it. I don't play wow. around anymore, guys. I don't play around. You know, and you know what? You know what did play around last night? Those fucking fights. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, here's the thing. I like 
fighting. I think it looks cool. I think it looks like the coolest thing. It's still real to me, and they're still my boys. Okay, I'm going off the rails. But the point. Of, the point. Anyway, there's a drum on stage. Yeah. Don't why, mixer. Yeah. That's easy I gotta to go. Do. Yeah, that's what you should do. Uh, I'm gonna. I, Imagine Jada too- White's trying to coax someone who's like thinking about not fighting. Like, there's an octagon. I see an octagon. I see a fighter. <laughs> yeah. I see a coach. Yeah. Listen to that's me. You, Don't fight. listen to me. That's what you should do. <laughs> yeah. Fight at this fight. That's what you should do. Um, I. I I don't know. I just, I think we've been spoiled by some very incredibly tremendous cards this year. And this one felt mid. It just felt so mid. It didn't feel spectacular. I will tell you that. Uh, There were some spectacular moments, uh, but as a whole, uh, yeah, it was, it was okay. Here's the thing. I move to, Get rid of International Fight Week. Just get rid of it. Because at this point, it's lost its allure. And the expectation is ruining what other what otherwise I what I think would be a perfectly fine card. And like still pay-per-view worthy. Like it didn't, it didn't lack, like still had stars. And not just like a title fight, like a random title fight. Like Jared has been talked about getting a tough shot for a long time. Izzy's one of the biggest stars in the sport. Like Max and Volk is one of the most heated rivalries in in all of MMA right now. There was a trilogy rubber match to sell a score. Like those, that's right there is worth the price of admission. Yeah. And Sean Strickland being sent to his maker is also worth the fucking price of admission. That was so great. Oh my God. Um, All right. So we're going to, we're going to jump into the fights to to discuss them. We're going to talk about our um, prelim picks. Uh, Juice, what did you say was your prelim pick? Yeah, so this is funny. Like the only fight I missed because I, I was able to watch the prelims live and I went to bed before the main card, bought the pay-per-view so I could watch it in the morning, got caught up this morning. But I, I walked in, I, I was a little bit late. I turned on the TV right as they were showing the replay of the finish for the first fight. And then talking to everybody and judging by the length of the fight, <clears throat> that's all I really needed. Yeah. That was just that was it. Fucking, I apparently they got into some sort of clinch exchange. Julia got him down. Fucking went for that armbar quick as shit. Yeah, broke Jessica's arm. Yeah, fast. Or dislocated. I don't know if we have. I think I think it was dislocation. I'm pretty sure. But it was fucking hyper extended that shit. Like Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, there was no um. Yeah, there was nothing to to be said. Like Stolyarenko just moved so fast to get to it. Got her down. Uh, and I mean just. We're like, you could see it from a mile away. So there's just nothing that 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 uh, Rose Clark could do to get out of it. There's literally nothing she could do. She, she was already in the process of the motion. She literally held her head down while she was switching to position. She used her her head as a, a pivot point, moved around her, grabbed the arm, and then you could see that she was so already quick. losing the grip. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, this is not so quick, dude. Yeah, and I'm fucking. I don't know how I feel because it felt a little forced and kind of awkward, but like her post fighter being like, oops, I did it again. Yeah. Like, like Joe, whatever it was, oh, your patented arm bar. Whatever. Yeah, also Joe Joe Rogan wearing uh the tuxedo. Hey bro, fucking what the with the tie just as long as I've off. been watching the UFC, Joe Rogan has only ever worn a black button down with no tie. Yeah. He's in a full ass tuxedo in the, yeah, it in just the didn't, Vegas July heat. I was like, eh, it, it just didn't look good. 
it just didn't look good. And then I was realizing that all the all three cue balls were up there. <laughs> I realized as I was John, watching John, it keeps a little stubble. Yeah, but you know, pretty cuey. He's like, like he, I think he just wants to let people know, hey, I'm bald because I want to be, ah, yeah, exactly. not because I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good. Uh, I I told you guys Dolly Ranko was gonna. I said I, I don't think we'll see. I don't know how many more fights. Uh, I think you were the only person in the fight pick league who picked Slayerenko, mm-hmm. which is that a good time to talk about the fight pick league or should we wait? Uh, well, if you have everything tallied up, I guess we can go I ahead. Don't, and... I was going to say, I uh, don't. Oh, then, no, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> we have to talk about it at least a little bit. Okay. Well, this season was great. What an unfortunate card to end on. Let's keep moving. <laughs> no, we're not just going to breeze past it like that. Unless you want to wait till we get to Dave's question. Okay, well now we're now it's just getting <laughs> forced <Okay>. conversation. <laughs> I, I'm literally saying I want to talk about this, and you're like, uh, no. <laughs> forced conversation. The five pick league was great. Apparently, Dave L is the champ again. Again. Apparently, we got a shout we have out to, to Dave Bell. That, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, you have to confirm it, but we're pretty sure. Okay, but here's the thing. Like, (laughs) only only Decrons was close to him, Mm. and they had pretty much the same picks. Okay. So. By process of elimination. By process of elimination, I'm fairly certain Dave L is the champ. Um, I think, like I said, I have to confirm because there could have been some, like, method ones that may have said like maybe he had the more correct method but um I'm, I'm pretty sure based on my initial findings i did i did initially take a look at it i think i think dave l is the winner again i'm and very obviously, happy that we're doing this on the pod uh, yeah i'm happy too we're, you're not making the announcement but you are saying it already and i hope this that... is the announcement about the announcement <laughs> yeah, that hasn't happened it's yet. not official but unofficially it's but congratulations to dave l uh for probably winning <laughs> this is weird <laughs> and and who, whoever i'm sending the belt to which like i said probably <laughs> well done there there there's a hundred percent chance that the winner's name starts with d <laughs> that's true and the second letter in their name is an a okay okay <laughs> this is high quality podcasting right here I don't uh, get why you're so upset. <laughs> we all know it's probably Dave L. <laughs> because you forced it. It was so funny. You were just like, <laughs> you were just like, well, or should we wait for Dave's question later? I mean, it could have been any of the other Dave's. I, suppose. I only forced it because you were being so cagey about it. And I was like, <laughs> you literally mentioned the thing. I was like, well, I think you're the one. But it's because you haven't. Te- no. Wait a minute. Right, I guess gonna- I did force the initial yeah. interaction, but, <laughs> but it was apropos. It wasn't like. <laughs> but- <laughs> It wasn't like a fucking segue from the banter into talking about the card. They're like, oh, you know what is also a thing where there are winners and losers? Juice the Patreon fight bigly. Juice is just mad because he thought the last night's fight card was fine, and I thought last night's fight card was only okay. But anyway, with that moving moving on, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I suppose because we No. Don't- <laughs> yeah, no, we're moving on. I love it. Um <laughs> All right. <coughs> well, congratulations to Dave L. More than likely, we uh, 
you know, DM us with your. Swear to God, on the break, I'm gonna tally up the points. Real quick. <laughs> Come back, and we're at when we announce the when this forum starts, we'll have a real announcement. Oh, I swear to you. All right. I mean, it, it wouldn't take too long, right? Apparently, I've never been on live television before. <laughs> Apparently, we're we're live. Got to go play the Powerball. All right. Well, uh, my uh, prelim pick was the Ian Gary Gabriel Green fight. Um, I was tweeting the shit out of that fight, dude. For two reasons. Uh, Ian Gary, uh, super talented. Gabriel Green, super tough. <laughs> um, I mean, like, just that is what creates a great fight. And their fight was really good. Uh, it was a really, really good um, fight that, that the pace felt really, really quick uh yes. compared to a lot of the other um a lot of the other fights uh, i'm surprised it didn't get anything uh like performance or anything for the night at all um because of the way mm. that it went uh, like i said i just think the pacing of that fight compared to everyone else's of the night was pretty good i mean uh i mean <clears throat> i didn't check but i would have given fight of the night to robbie lawler and brian barbarena they did yeah right yeah well, like, and 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 you can make a case for Ian and, and Gabe, but like, based on past history of the mm-hmm. UFC, like that is prime just bleed material. Like what no, they want. Yeah, I think they gave. I think they gave. They gave the right people the right things because the next one we're gonna talk about honorable mention of our choices was uh, Jalen Turnell and Bride Riddell got. Uh, Jalen got uh, uh, performance of the night, uh, and rightfully so, dude. Dude, that was phenomenal like and just quick moving and when the guillotine got in i was like oh this is pretty bad then when he started when he started twerking on it i was like oh yeah twerking on it uh twerking on it yeah uh when he started twerking his back on it i was like oh this is 100 done if he doesn't tap right now she wrote um yeah great punch into that that beautiful beautiful uh guillotine i mean like just perfectly and and brad rydell is good like yeah. this isn't like some fucking whatever guy on the prelims. Like Je- Brad Rydell is talented, and that's what I was like. I knew I was pretty sure Jalen Turner was gonna win. Like I was pretty confident yeah. on my pick. We, we talked about it. Yeah, we talked, we talked, we about, talked last about it. Week. Yeah, but I I did not like. I was still shocked at the result. Like I was like that quick. Yeah, it was like, holy shit, dude. Yeah, I, th- I think it's okay safe to say to to Dave. I was texting Dave L yesterday. Um, about you know we're talking about getting on the hype train for him and i think i think it's time you know choo choo everyone you know because uh he's he's a good fighter um uh really talented has shown most of his stuff off uh so you know let's get him into longer fights and uh let's see how he gets really tested but i'm on that jalen turner train i am too and you know like what i've always taken to count like I feel like maybe his UFC debut didn't go his way. Mm-hmm. I think that's because it was at 170. Like I'd have to look at his record to make sure and kind of see like why maybe it was like stylistically as well. But like he debuted at 170 and this is when Pettis was at 55, even though he had like flirted with 170, like fighting Nate and Wonder Boy mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, I don't know where he was in that timeline, like whether or not he'd already gone up, but Jalen, Jalen Turner, like I, I think Anthony Smith, uh, Pet- Smith, wow. Anthony Pettis had brought in Jalen Turner for some of his camps in the past. And there was this thing on embedded when they were like behind the curtain for like one of the press conferences or whatever, like weigh-ins maybe, I think it was maybe ceremony weigh-ins. And uh, 
he was like, can you still make 55? And he was like, yeah. And Anthony Pest was like, stay your ass at 170. Like, <laughs> he did not want that smoke from Jalen Turner. No one, having <clears throat> trained with him, having brought him as a sparring partner, like, yeah, it, that's when I was like, okay, this is someone special. Yeah, I'm interested to see where he goes from here because that, like, he really made Brad Rydell look pretty, pretty amateurish. Um, yeah, exactly was, what I was going to say. Yeah, which is he, a, he, only yeah. a testament to how good Jalen is and not how the skill level of Brad. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was just, it was so fast. I mean, the movement on it was so quick. So you're just like, and perfect. You know what I mean? It's not like kind of in the way it was just like a perfect setup. So uh, I bet you he could have, he could have easily made him go out easy, easy. But anyway, moving on to our main card, which starts out with uh, Sugar Clown O'Malley and Pedro Munoz. Uh, Bro. Hey, man. Don't shoot a three-pointer whenever it's a no contest. Exactly. The fucking swish celebration, like, that actually did get spoiled for me. For some reason, like, I I, I was telling to Leo, like, I was able to successfully avoid spoilers for the night. Part of me feels like because it just, it just had, like, it had just transitioned from one to the other. So maybe you were happened to be, like, on Twitter, like, right before you went to bed. Well, that was the thing that, like, I I was on Twitter right before I I went to bed, but um, I was trying to stay off the timeline. Someone in my group chat was like, did you see the celebration? He thinks he won. I thought it was a decision. Like, I thought it was maybe, like, a decision that didn't go his way. And they were like, and that fight was garbage, which is, like, another way that made me think that, like, it went the distance. But, yeah, the fight itself wasn't that great. And you clearly blatantly poked him in the eye. Whether or not it was intentional or whatever, but like you can't put your hands up like that and, and try to push someone's face away as a way of like creating. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like it. Obviously, uh, they, and I, I, before we started recording, I got a notice from ESPN says he suffered a corneal abrasion. Like, that yeah. wasn't a fucking light, whatever. That was a serious eye poke. And if you look at, uh, yeah, he, he was talking with like uh, Glover to share, he was on uh, Glover to share to share his story, and you could see that it was like still swollen. Um, and like pretty much like closed up. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Cause in the moment when I watched it and they, they covered it so much on the broadcast, I was like, Oh, it didn't look too bad, but then, you know, obviously. Yeah. I don't know. It was uh, it was just a very, very interesting way to start the, the fight, the, the, the main card. Um, uh, okay. I guess Sean probably would have won that fight if it had gone the same way that it was going. But I don't know. Like, no... I don't think we had enough data to know yeah. for sure. Like Pedro was landing some nasty leg kicks on him. Yeah, and, and Sean we all and... know that Shawnee's ankles are fucking weak. By the way, I'm calling him Shawnee from now on. Yeah, I can't even think of any time that like that it felt like Sean had any sort of upper hand. Um, it looked it looked pretty yeah. even balanced. Maybe Sean. Like if had you were to score of... the first round, which we got out of, I would score it for Sean. And mm-hmm. you could say the second round was maybe going his way, but I don't even think we got to the halfway point of that round. Mm-mm. Like Mm-mm. there was plenty. Mm-hmm of time to go where Pedro got to turn around. Plus Pedro has a nasty fucking guillotine, dude. Like I know Sean is good at using his range and everything, but like they could have gotten to some sort of clench situation and, and Sean, Pedro could have landed that fucking guillotine. No. Um, yeah. So moving on to the fight of the night, uh, great performance by uh, both guys. I mean, Robbie Lala was looking really, really great in that first round. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> And 
I thought Brian Brian was looking okay too. I mean, like I said, it was a pretty good, pretty even trade. Uh, and then once uh, once Brian got the upper hand uh, and just put him on skates, and that was it. And then yeah, and then, like as a Robbie Lawler fan, it was kind of hard to watch because like you could see that he was better than him. Mm-hmm. Like he was like he's kind of even back and forth, but like Robbie was slipping and ripping. I mean, he was in prime like prime form. But he was just wearing the damage more, and you could see him slowing down because of it. And Brian Barbarena was like, while not being the more technical striker or like as crisp, he was maybe a little bit quicker towards the end once Robbie started to slow down and was able to withstand more damage. And that's what kind of got him to stoppage. And it was tough too because it was like a standing TKO. But I mean, I think it was a, the right call. It was just, oh, yeah. Like, you know, there's no doubt about hard. it. But it was good. It was like, it was definitely one of the one of the better fights of the of the night. Um, so yeah, uh, moving on. What, what song did he walk out to, Brian Barberena? I forget. So, cause someone Saturday was like, Fever. Oh, staying alive. It was staying the BG. Staying alive. Yeah. Staying alive. Staying alive. He did. He God, barely someone, stayed alive. Someone was like, yeah. Someone tweeted out that they wanted to lose because of that walkout and i thought it was like one of the past there's two songs that he's used in the past that i know for a fact one was baby shark because of his kid which i thought was even though it like got stuck in my head and i fucking hate that i was like it's sweet because of his kid and then the other was old town road which is a fucking ass song like it's really so bad so i thought it was maybe old town road or baby shark that he walked out to i was like why y'all hating on the bgs dude i hate on bgs yeah. Don't hate on the Bee Gees. Don't hate the, on the Bee Gees is the name, the moral of this story. Is the moral of Brian Barbarina's life. That's the that's the title of this episode. Don't hate on the Bee Gees. <laughs> that's so ridiculous. That's... Preliminarily, we might get a better uh, one. <laughs> I think we already had it, which is forced conversation. <laughs> that's a terrible title. People are going to say it. Forced conversation. What is this? What is that's this? Like the Supreme Court? Uh, that's the second Supreme Court joke I've made. Anyway, I feel like it was the same joke kind of repeated. Yeah, exactly the same joke repeated. Uh, but you know who didn't get repeated on? Fucking Sean Strickland. <laughs> <laughs> How about this forced conversation and you bad know who segues? Has nothing to do <laughs> with what I just said. <clears throat> the next fight on the card. Uh, the neo Nazi of Sean Strickland. Hey, man. Alex he did Pereira. not see that punch coming, dude. Yeah, he really did not see it coming. He did not um, see the punch not coming. at all. And it was so nice. It, he literally wrecked that chin just so perfectly. DC was like coming himself with the instant replay. He's like, let's see it again from this other angle. <laughs> it was good. Can't playing it, dude. It yeah, like, it was good. I don't understand how you – I don't think you guys understand how good this level change was. Fake the level change. Come over the top of the left hook. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, and it was so funny. Like slowing it down, <laughs> like it wasn't that it was like telegraph, but like slowing it down looked like, <sighs> like I don't know. I don't know if he made him and like made it so like programmed him into making it like that it was so easy. But if you're slowing it down, and you don't know like a lot about striking. You think like, wow, he could have easily avoided that punch. But like, I think it reminded me of. Um, Mark Hunt versus Frank Mir. Um, Mark Hunt noticed that Frank Mir was like, he was biting on the feints and he was like slipping his jab. 
Um, and so Mark faked a jab and blasted him with a right hook that Frank Mir like slipped right into because he was feigning the jab. And I was like, oh shit, that was fucking brutal. And that's probably something similar that happened here, although I don't know. He got Sean to drop his hands with some sort of action. I, I feel like Sean, Sean is constantly shit. having his hands dropped. Anyway, I feel like he's he's Maybe. not he's not one of the he's not of these he's like of these fighters. Well, he doesn't like he doesn't drop it to the point of like Luke Rockhold or Anderson oh, Silva yeah. where they're just like loosey goosey hanging out. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's more like yeah, he keeps him kind of mid. But usually, he's pretty defensively responsible, which like I knew that Alex Pereira was far the superior striker um but it just was like funny to see bro that was one of the most brutal knockouts and sean fucking strickland like came to fairly quickly after that and was like (laughs) you could tell he looked mad like like not that he was like protesting the stoppage although i'm not entirely sure with him but like i think he was just like pissed that it even happened like fuck all this guy knocked me out yeah yeah i mean yeah, we're happy. We're, you love to see it. You gotta Especially be happy about after it. he was talking that shit at the press conference. Fuck that, dude. I saw a lot of people saying he was funny. Like, yo, objectively, gave jokes are not entirely funny. Like, you can't just, like, say, oh, he's being clever and he's making gay jokes. Like, dude, it's no longer fucking clever in 2022 mm-hmm. to make those jokes. And, like, so talking about, like, anime porn. <laughs> like, he was like, it's called hente. Like, funny as fuck but like i just he was right he was like you got a you fucking guy in front of you you're not focused on and izzy nailed it like alex Pereira smoked that motherfucker alex is fucking not speaking english ass had nothing to do with that press conference just chilling up there while while sean's focused on izzy and and fucking looking past him like an idiot it was was pretty funny though that he was just like talking a lot of shit. And then all of a sudden I was like, no, no, no. But really though, Izzy's a good guy. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, what a fucking idiot. I think he's just like, <clears throat> so, someone, I think it was the comment of him podcast. They were talking about how like Sean had this quote during media week where he was like, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing and get Gina Carano. I don't want to get canceled. It's like, hey man, first of all, she was in a high profile Star Wars show. Like you don't have that. Like, what are you going to lose? So are what you, are you talking about getting canceled? Are you talking to, are you talking about uh, him or Cowboy Cerrone thinking that he's going to be a movie star? Okay, that was funny. But no, jo- Sean Strickland said oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Like, I know. Yeah. I know. I and just... It was like, not only that, she was saying blatantly anti-Semitic things. <clears throat> like, that's not you slipping up, dude. Like, fucking idiots. When, oh, I hate when people Also, by the way, t- to regarding the um, Cowboy Cerrone saying he's going to be a movie star, uh, everybody knows Paul Felder has a way better chance than Cowboy Cerrone does. So, and Paul's already on hacks right now. So, dude, I was thinking about the other day how mad I am about his his role in hacks because I haven't seen the second season yet. I think in the second season they he actually gets to fight. Um, but they talk like, first of all, I'm mad that he's like in a regional promotion and they're like, he's the champ. And I was like, I don't know if that's like, because they can't use the UFC like licensing. I mean, they probably to make up this promotion, but it sounds fucking low rent to shit. <laughs> and, and, and so, okay, but, <laughs> but you're taking bias of actual Paul Felder and not like the show, which I no, think is funny. So like, I'm, what I'm saying is like, they, they, they make it out that he's like this, like, you know, MMA champion, and like, 
Yeah, he is in the same way that like anyone who's ever made it to the UFC has been a champion on the regional circuit. Like, right, right. I don't know, but um, what's it called? He's fighting. This is uh, this is actually the part I'm kind of mad about, is because in the show he's a welterweight, and mm. Paul only fought a welterweight in the UFC at least once against Mike Perry, and it was on short notice because of they they got fucked on their both their opponents. Like Paul's a lightweight, and so I think they're like, oh. Well, we don't want to say lightweight because people think that's not as fucking tough. And so it's like, right, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm mad, I'm mad at the. You're being super hypercritical. Of yes, that's for no so reason. Hypercritical. But I, I mean, the show's great and he's great in it. So that, that's where the criticism stops. Yeah, criticism. It's, <laughs> yeah, the criticism. Yeah, it's like a clumsy portmanteau of criticism and decision. Yeah, exactly. Like, I made a criticism. <laughs> but I don't know, just like the fact that. I don't know. The cowboy was like, well, I'm, I'm done with this. I had a great career. He could have just stopped there. But what he said was, I'm going off to be a movie star. Hey, man, you made a movie with Gina Carano that uh, is being uh, hailed by a bunch of uh, racist people. Like, yeah. be, be more like Dave Batista, okay? Be more like that. Be in movies with, with really great directors and people that not don't just be in a movie. Be in, you know, tell, you know, talk to me when you when you're getting directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Then I'll believe that you're a movie star. Till then, not it. Yeah, dude. Fuck cowboy. Till then, Paul felt. I love Joe Rogan being like, we're doing this. Roles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Paul Felder could play literally any of of Cerrone's roles and be way better at it. Instantly. Instantly. Yeah. So that's that is uh, that is a friendly sparring podcast stamp of approval statement because we both agree with that. I'm searching for more words that I can't find. Let's keep going to our co-main event: Max yeah. Holloway versus Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. And I cannot say the great any more than I have at this point because. It's a shame that this fight got canceled and we couldn't oh. see. Now, honestly, I kind of was expecting this, although I expected Max to win at least one round. Yeah. I would the, say the, like, this the 50-45 was, was – I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and, and, and No, I'm, I'm, and I'm, and I'm talking about before the fight, by the way. Like mm-hmm. when I was watching it, I score and like I, oh, I hate okay. the 10 point must system, so I don't exactly score round by round. But like after every round, I was like, okay, yeah, that's probably Volk's round. Like that was not a mystery at all. Like when, like another in past fights, like even the first, uh, which was like, I don't know, I was being biased and I thought Max won, but like re watching it, I think like pretty clear that Volk won. But like every other, other previous two fights, I was like, I don't know who they're going to announce with the scorecards. Like, you know, you get that like sort of anticipation with this one. I was like, all right, well, that's it. Max is going to move up to 55. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, it was, um, it was tough to watch. I mean, you know, Max, Max's face got that cut and, and really from that cut opening, everything else kind of just went downhill from there for Max. Uh, he didn't really have an answer for Volk. Volk was just too fast for him Too too savvy to everything. There's not any moment where I felt like Volkanovski was in trouble at all. So it's tough. I, yeah. I, I mean, like it's tough as a Max fan because of all the things that he's done for the sport and the way he's, you know, torn apart, um, 
all the all the people play you know the 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 fighters have that have come before him you know Volkan Volkanovski just literally has his number down to a T and he does and Volkanovski you know first fight was obviously everyone's like oh Volkanovski definitely won that and he won aggressively and then this one it was just like you anything you try will not work and yeah. and, Ma and Max was like shit you're right and I think it was just what, what we saw. It was Max realizing yeah. like anything I'm going to try is not going to work. And yeah, absolutely. And that's why like Volkanovski is legitimately, I, I have him at pound for pound number one. Like, I understand if you want to put Kamaru Usman at number one, but he's a close second. Like they're neck and neck for me. I like, just think, I just think Volkanovski's standing and trading is, is a lot better than it. I think pound for pound as a fight, like, into into a fight his fight iq one. is incredible yeah but but an ability to adjust on the fly like huh. this was one thing that i like like new york rick said on ariel hawani show that made me like almost certain volk was going to win he was like out of like most fighters right now especially like specifically champions volk is the one that's shown the biggest ability to like adjust on the fly so even if max comes in with a new game plan to like fix the holes that he left in the last fights or whatever volk's gonna adjust and i was like he's fucking right yeah and and uh i i, I actually think volk is the pound for pound number one because of his aggression yeah, because too. of his aggression i think i think everybody else has a lot of uh well I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, Davis and Frigidetto is pretty, pretty aggressive, but, mm. uh, but I mean, as far he didn't as when that last fight though, so. right, exactly. But as far as like, as far as, um, yeah, as far as aggression goes, uh, Volkanovsky is pound for pound, the number one fighter. Uh, he just is always going forward. I don't see him ever getting in trouble. I don't see him running away from a scrap. I don't see him running away from someone's power or someone's jujitsu or someone's anything um yeah. he hasn't run and and you see some of the, the champions that are like okay i gotta avoid the power shots i gotta avoid their their ground game you know and like that's their deep that's the, the defense is like we have to avoid what that fight is strong at and it volkanovsky makes everyone look like he doesn't avoid that at all he's like okay i'll take you on the ground i'll take you um uh i'll take your striking you're the best striker here let's go and and he's not yeah. backing away so i mean then that's what prime john jones used to do what like i'll fight you where, you, where you're best oh yeah I'll, and i'll beat you where you're best yeah, like, yeah. it's it's honestly it's magical and it really makes you think like what volk said has to be true like he well other than the fact that i think he's also like evolving like and growing as, as a fighter probably faster than most other people like he's still learning new tricks and things like that but mostly like he said that the la their second fight was one of his worst nights or something like that. Mm -hmm. He was like, if he couldn't beat me on his one on my worst night, but like, and I've heard a lot of like fighters say that before, but a, they either lose or like it's a close fight or just it just doesn't seem to be true. Like it just seems like hype. Like I believed in what he said it, and like after last night, I believe even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if if Volkanovski can do it uh can do the the 55 jump um and win it and get two title defenses under his belt belts uh he he'll probably he'll he'll probably cement himself as as one of the greatest of all time and 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 w like i can't fault him for saying that because he's right he's like but what he said he said 
I'll do something that not a lot of people do, which is keep them busy. And yeah, and we have to take him at his word because like at this point he said like, I'm going to do these things and, and it's true. And, and if he keeps them busy, we're going to have a really big problem. We're going to, he's going to be a, like, he'll probably go down as, as the greatest. If he keep if he does two for each, there's no question. He's the greatest fighter. <laughs> like that's obviously like, that's the, what three, four yeah. years in the making, but you know, remember, remember Henry Cejudo wanted to fight him. Can you imagine how that would fucking go? Volkanovski would murder him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, tough loss for Max. We'll see where he goes from here. Uh, I don't know. He's not, you know, like you said, let's bring him up to 155 and see how he does there. But then again, he's just going to run into Max again. If Max does, I mean, if uh, it's a Volkanovski again, <laughs> if he goes up there. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, th- I do think the, the Charlotte's fight is a tough fight for him. For Volk, uh, yeah. For Volk, yeah, because he's way rangier. Like, okay, Max seemingly is taller and more lanky than volk but like on paper volk has a longer reach reach yeah and i don't know off the top of my head what charles Oliveira's reach is but i think it's probably a little bit more and like he can use it well now now that he the way he fights now and will definitely engage more on the ground than like even like brian ortega like really tried with that guillotine that triangle but like a i think charles Oliveira probably has a little bit better jujitsu than brian ortega and he uses it like he he will strike and he likes to like knock people down with like jujitsu is the end game he wants to submit you he wants to choke you out so like that to me is a really interesting fight i hope they make it mm-hmm. um but yeah we'll see we'll see how that goes um and, and either way like i think max like here's what, here's what i was gonna say earlier um it's okay that max lost for me even as a max fan because he's bigger than the belt i feel like well, yes. if Volkanovski were to lose the belt, like not even just to Max, like to anybody, um, he wouldn't be the star that he is. Like, I would still like watching him fight, but it wouldn't feel like necessarily meaningful. Agreed. Well, Max is like, like even like the main event, like Calvin Cater and Yair Rodriguez, they felt like big fights. Like he's a star. It yeah, doesn't he matter whether or not he has the belt. So him going up to 55, he doesn't even have to go right into a title shot. In fact, he shouldn't. He should fight like a fucking... Uh, anyone, any any big star in the, any yeah. any of the top five of that division, and fight them, it'll be a star fight. It'll fight be Brad like Rydell. A... Remember Brad Rydell versus Max Holloway? It's like I can't fucking escape these city kickboxing guys. Oh, dude, that would be the worst. But anyway, oh my god. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, all right. So that's that. Uh, Alex, really. Put the put the nail in the coffin. There's no need to make the argument about it anymore. It's he is the better fighter, uh, which is tough to say, but but it's true. Moving on to the main event of the evening, Uh, nobody can touch Izzy's uh, showmanship. Nope. Not even not anyone. Earn with Jared's name on it, dude. Was so gangster. (laughs) I'm sorry, but to go back, I'm sorry. I, I just have to take take a pause before we go a little bit further into this. I realized something that that made me laugh so hard last night. Hey, remember that time that Ian Gary was like, was like, I'm I got the best mic skills, and they don't interview. So good, dude. <laughs> I, I loved it so much. I don't know why, but I loved it. 
like anyone else and like <laughs> all the other fighters that didn't get a post fight interview i was like oh come on but ian gary i was like yeah go back to your locker room and <laughs> yeah. think about that yeah yeah you did you performed well and that's all you need to know probably had a five minute jerry seinfeld bit ready and it, and it sucks too because like ian gary isn't like the conor mcgregor type of like brash asshole right nature he's confident but not like cocky but the way he talks about his mic so it's like dude or how how unself-aware are you like you are painfully mid on the mic <laughs> like you're just doing it and like it's covers who's like there's only people who who are good on the mic it's connor and it's me and and everyone else is a distant third or i was like are you kidding me no uh, i'm happy that we didn't have to find out last night so um, anyway, all right. Well, you know, Joe Rogan, Mexicans are tough. <laughs> canceled. <laughs> Super canceled. canceled. Super canceled. Um, but okay, so moving on to Izzy's showmanship. Guys, the come on, the urn with Jared's name on it and and the hat and the Undertaker music. And if you saw the even the the font that they used for Izzy too was kind of like an Undertaker. I was like, this is really well thought out and well done and you know this is the second time that he's convinced them you gotta love the pageantry of it um it's so fun and and a lot more fighters should have that i mean we talked about this i've talked about this a bunch of times but the conor mcgregor chad mendes fight when they had uh you know aaron lewis who's a racist piece of shit now and uh for chad mendes and then uh you know sinead o'connor for for connor I mean, like, that was cool, but obviously it must have cost the UFC a lot of money or something. I don't know. But when that went away, I was like, oh, we need we need a little bit more stuff like that for these, especially for something like International Fight Week, where, you know, Izzy yes. came out uh, that one time and he danced. And, and when I first saw it, I was like, this is kind of corny. But then now I'm thinking like, no, we, we need it, you know, at least three times a year. We need a fight card where where they let the fighters kind of. It elevates it. Yeah, go a little bit. Just a little bit. You don't have to. You don't have to t- tell them to think because, like, you know, obviously there's so many different um, things now where people can't wear like certain flags or like certain. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things they can't do, but like any sort of showmanship that's thought out and and can be executed the way that it was last night, like like Izzy's, I, I say let them. And granted, there aren't a lot of fighters that can do it like that um, because it takes you know some some balls and bravado to do it um but it yeah. actually reminds me i sent a question to rhino that i'm going to pose to you so jessica rose clark walked out to Shawn michaels yeah walkout song yeah uh, i think i'm sexy or whatever whatever just a boy toy yeah yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. okay yeah, go on. and i don't know if it was that one or another one but Shawn michaels famously like sang his own walkout song and yeah. I you got me thinking. There's this there there's this clip, and I I bet I could find it if I search hard enough. Um, where this Korean fighter in Road FC wa- like sang his own walkout music, and then what like won his fight, and it was fucking awesome. So and I was like, who do you think could do that? And I don't even know if I know an answer, but what do you think? Which fighter could sing their own walkout song? Well, I actually have a few. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. 
Wonder Fe Boy. Featuring, featuring his dad, Ray. God damn you. I'd love it. I think it'd be the best thing ever. And they, and you know what? They could do it. Uh, no, uh, I mean, Izzy. Uh, Izzy could uh, could sing or or um, yodel his way out. Rap. Yeah, or yodel yodel his way into it. You know. Also, I was gonna say, um, Jared Kennedy's walkout. By the way, was really strange for me. It was such a weird like intro to the situation. Like it, it was his own voice for before the music started. And he just—it was very weird. Uh, it was a very Wait, weird. Who is this? Uh, Jared Cannonier's walkout. It kind of looked like it looked like the promo was playing in the arena before he walked out, and like th then his music starts. But it also looked like that was a part of his song, and it was just like his voice mixed into it. It was very very strange. Uh, but you know, uh, what do you what are you supposed to say about a Q and A or like that? Anyway, you and an ear, you and an ear. Uh, so yeah, um, I wish I wish he would have done the the mask. I wish they would have said that he could have wore the mask too. But you know, he's doing one theme, the Undertaker. I get it. You know, you gotta you gotta love it. And um, <clears throat> the trying to mentally get in your head about about the way that Izzy's going to fight or everyone's talking about how he's coasting and stuff like that. Like, sure. Okay. That's kind of what made me feel like, well, eh, that's, that's why this fight felt a little strange. But I, at the same time, after thinking about it, I was like, Jared's got to prove something and he's known for walking people down. So, and he didn't, and he didn't do it for five rounds. It's not like, it's not like hey, come alive, Jared. It was like, he didn't walk Izzy down at all in any way, shape or form. And he tried to, but not not as good as he's done to less competition. I don't know if that's testament to Izzy. No, it is. It's like, I mean, it probably is, but it's also, I think, like he was, how do I put this? Like maybe a a, a, a victim of the moment. Like, yeah. The yeah. big, biggest stage. And I think maybe he's also pacing himself. I don't know if we've seen Jared go five rounds before. Well, with Rob Whitaker, it was, wasn't it? Wasn't that five rounds? No, it wasn't. So. Oh, right. no. It was originally scheduled five rounds, and they moved it to another card. That's right. I was thinking uh, Whitaker and Till was five rounds. But, like, yeah, I don't know if Jared Cannonier's really had a ton of uh, five rounds. But, but, but now watching him after going into five rounds, it's like he could have probably emptied the gas tank a little while ago because he didn't look, t like, tired at the end of it. So there could have been moments where I think he could have capitalized on, on – just walking down Izzy, but Izzy's just super elusive and yeah, and picks you apart and point uh, points you up and pieces you up, and that's all there is to it. Izzy just has got the got the speed and the skills to make you second guess yourself on everything you do. Yep, fucking so. a, and I thought it was uh, like Izzy's performances. I had this thought too. I was thinking like Izzy's performances. Um, post the yawn loss, even a little bit before, but like they've been a little bit more conservative. And I think um, 
this was not the worst of those. Okay, yep. Like part of that was just the way the fight went. And I think like Jared tried, he tried clinching and tried to get the body lock takedown. As he was just like, Nope, yeah. not happening. No. No. Who, do think, who do you think is next at 185? Do you think they're going to do that? Alex Pereira? I mean, it makes sense. I had him fucking sitting cage side, even though he already fought. Like. It makes sense that, you know, the, the emotional aspect of it, that the two, um, uh, you know, the two knockouts that everyone keeps talking about, it, it just, get, it adds to it. And, and especially because like the, the way the star of Izzy has become is so, it's so Rocky-esque style of like, for Alex Pereira to kind of come out and just be like, Hey, you know, you can keep talking and all that stuff, but I'm going to show you up. And it's, it's a real, I think this will be a really nice test for Izzy um, mm-hmm. saying that he can get past uh, Alex. Um, I think we'll see a much more spectacular Izzy in the Alex Pereira fight. Cause I think that there's a confidence that's, that's the Izzy that not a lot of fighters have. Yeah. But I think Alex Pereira kind of puts a little bit of heat on him because of that. Because and and remember, he's publicly acknowledging it uh, in the UFC. So the buildup to that fight is just going to be that's the storyline and that's it. Yeah. So that's your Izzy doesn't have a oh okay I'm just going to be the best I can be. He can he can have that mentality, but because of the, the the their history together, it has a little bit more of like a, okay, I need to go back to styling on them, being the style bender, you know. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that about covers up uh, wraps up our coverage of two seventy six. So let us now take a quick break, and we'll dive into the forum. And we're back. Yeah. But before we start the forum, we have an announcement to make. I said it earlier, preliminarily, but we tied it up officially. Turns out it was much ado about nothing because I was right. Although very close, it came down to one fight. Dave L is your season two FSP Fight Pig League champion for the patrons. Dave, message us your address. We will get the fucking belt to you with relative quickness. Yes, you'll be able to see it, and it's it's such a nice belt. And and remember, oh. guess what? That belt is going to be in his possession until the next winner comes up. And guess what? The next winner, we're going to see who that's going to be starting next week. Because yeah. we're trying to figure it out, okay? Well, we, won't, we won't see who the winner is next week. It goes to the, but the new season starts next week yeah. to your point. New season starts next week. So we're starting from zero. Everybody that was. Um, yeah. The points don't roll over. It is, it is a fresh new season, fresh brand new season. Please bring, bring your a game. Uh, try to make sure to get your picks in on time. Uh, and you know, and, ha- and have fun with it as much as you guys can. Also, 
tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell Randy Gonzalez to join the dollar league so that they can also get a championship belt at the end of this thing. And I think or higher, we're going to see, uh, I think we're going to see about maybe some consolation prizes because we know that people have, uh, have, uh, really put a lot of effort into their picks and whatnot. So, uh, I'm, I'm announcing this on the the pod. We might be doing, um, you know, a second and third place, uh, prizes, Uh, that go along with it but i will tell you guys once dave l gets that championship belt i think everyone will start to realize that this ain't no joke okay this ain't no joke we're not fucking around in this next season i want to participate too yeah we got we got uh the daddy juice over here is about to uh, participate and i think i am probably going to be doing the same as well so we'll it'll be both of us it'll say friendly sparring on the patreon uh app twice and we'll figure out a say, way to no nah, no nah, we'll just have them guess and then i'll just tell them whichever one's winning that week is it was me <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> yeah yeah uh but yeah so congratulations dave l um that pegging belt is coming right to you yeah it fucking is well let us not uh dilly dally any further not that that was dilly dallying in general no. but um we got some voice questions to get through. And here is. I'm like selling. You remember in like elementary school when you would count down to something and you were trying to get some extra time? You'd be like, three, two, one and a quarter. Yeah. One and a half. You know what I mean? Uh, but here we are. I think the first one is from, yes, the first one is from T Cross. Take it away. My man. Tim motherfucking Miller. Let's go, Jersey. Stand the fuck up. But I also want to make a usual comment like I normally do. Can we just talk about Mark Smith getting down on his hands and knees to make sure he's in the right position to see Donald Cerrone tapping with nothing but his fingers because both both of his arms are trapped? If Chris Tyone was in there donald cerrone would have died love you guys and we love you too t cross and we were talking about this last night yes like i do my fair share of criticizing refs and especially mark smith lately i just been like really mad some of the calls he's made or not made we gotta get props he's absolutely right he got so close to that submission and it was absolutely necessary like Mm -hmm. Lesser refs would have would have crumbled in that moment just because, well, like you said, like Chris, like someone, someone not willing to like bend down and get that yeah. far, because exactly Donald was tapping with his fingers, like his yeah. hands were trapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was a great tap. I mean, a great way to send the cowboy off into his movie stardom. Yeah, send send the cowboy off to pasture. Bro, the fucking awkwardness of Bruce Buffer introing this fight was so weird. I feel like they told him last minute he should mention that. And he was like, the winner of this fight will have the most wins in UFC history or something like that. <laughs> it's like, so that's a good impression of Bruce Buffer riffing. I like it. Yeah. He was like, they literally just told me. I wish he would have said that. <laughs> they literally just told me. 
Imagine how if, if he took an opportunity to like rant and throw a tantrum and like, you guys don't know how hard I prep. I spend hours on these flashcards. I like that someone idea. someone just told me to add this. <laughs> the winner of this fight. Oh, fuck it. Jim Miller. I already know. <laughs> uh, hey, he said at the beginning. Yeah. At the end of this, Jim Miller will be the <laughs> like, what the fuck, Bruce? They just told me, so I took a guess. He's gonna it turns out Bruce is fucking psychic. He's just like, you're gonna have your arms trapped in a guillotine and you will tap with your fingers. He's <laughs> like, yo, what the fuck? Cowboy's just like, all right, let's get into position. Like, yeah. I guess Bruce fucking knows some shit we don't. That's so funny. Oh, uh, shit. Well, anyway. Thank you for that question, T-Cross. Um, T-Cross is the man. T-Cross is going to be at my birthday party in a couple of weeks. Just oh, yeah. out there. Completely irrelevant going? to this podcast. I'm going to Topgolf. Oh, love it. Uh, you and I went to Topgolf. It's funny. Yeah. International Fight Week. We did. Uh, 20... I always, I always want to say 2013 because it was 20, UFC 213. 2017. 2017. We yeah. did this last week as well. Well, I did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. We, went to, we went to Topgolf in Vegas. And, and I, th- I remember thinking like there might be one more in Vegas, but I thought it was like a Vegas thing. They're everywhere. Like it, it was for a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and then it started spreading everywhere. So, yeah. So there's one not too far away from me. It's, it's definitely far. It's definitely in a place in an area where I don't go to because it's like a trek, but I've been mm-hmm. there a few times because there are things to do there that I go. Like there's a, a nice mall that I've been to there a couple of times, like in that area. So I'm going there for the top golf a little bit north of me and it's gonna be lit yeah i'm sure it is have fun bro um all right let's like, some people don't know what top golf is too i feel like, like if you watch the ultimate fighter season with um henry cejudo and joseph benavidez the coach's challenge was top golf and it's like like i, I posted on my my group chat with uh the show i just did and someone was like oh i don't really like golf but maybe i'll come to support you and i was like Good news. I don't fucking like golf either. It's not golf. It's like a glorified driving range, but they made a game out of it. Like all you do is whack the ball and it goes into holes and you get points. Like it's just fun. Yeah, like, okay, like a- bet. I'll be, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. So yeah, you do not have to be good at golf to necessarily be good at top golf or enjoy yourself in That's general. True. So I do agree with that. Um, what's our, yeah, let's move on to our next question. Yes. Yeah, move on to our next question, which is very interesting. Hey, Juice, it's a microcosm. So with Max Holloway getting outclassed by Volkanovski, um, what's your stance on obnoxious boobs in the uh, ring girls? Follow-up question. What's Kate's stance? Well, bro, there's so much to unpack here. First of all, shout out to microcosm. One of my favorite... um, I was going to say nicknames, but like, you know, display names on Twitter, just like one of my favorite uh, names. Great guy. And I got to pull up this tweet because of what I'm pretty sure he's referencing, or at least what inspired this question is one of something I retweeted from uh, the homie Eric Burns. Um, I just feel like I her, her ad is at Ed Burn 29. I just said Erica Burns is probably not right. The fucking display of hers is actually the Ericle, which is pretty funny to me. Right. But she said something hilarious that I, I've never had retweets so fast. Like I just knew 
instantly that this is a tweet I support. I support. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to find it because she retweets so many things. I'm going through her page right now. Um, holy shit, there's so much to go through. Da, 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 da. I can paraphrase it, but I want to. It was so good. It was basically like she goes, Oh, wait, here we go. Here we go. Here it is. There yes. It is. She said, Me. I don't need breast implants. Sees octagon girls. Me. Want obnoxious boobies. <laughs> and I was like, I fucking support that. Um, what about what is my stance on it? Like, that's one thing. So, like, I, I think all boobs are great. And everyone who is any anyone who's maybe insecure about your size of your boobs, don't be. All boobs are great. But when, when you have a ringo up there and then just have the fucking most obnoxious boob, like just fucking in your face, like you're wondering if there's like something wrong, like why they would be that big. <laughs> there's you know? something wrong. Like that there's something special about that where you go, Yeah. That's a fucking that's a ring girl. I I you know have them obnoxious obnoxious boobs i mean if they're obnoxious uh then they're obnoxious okay. i can't yeah, i don't I think can't. it should be a requirement like i don't I think it's really like, oh you want to be an octagon well, your tits are obnoxious enough like they're, yeah they're, like fucking something me in the face but like I said, it kind of completes the whole like stereotype image of a of a ring girl to be like oh you fucking small waist and massive badonks massive badonks i don't know i that's uh, not what titties are so yeah, but that's Definitely. what you call so them. So anyway, that. double bedonks. I was gonna Anyways, say because yeah. I was gonna say bazungas, but I bailed on that. Decided yeah, I didn't you like how that sounded. Never, never bail on bazungas. Bazungas. Yeah, never bail on those. Uh, yeah, just yeah, big boobs, little boobs. Don't feel insecure. Being a ring girl, you can have big boobs, little boobs. Doesn't matter. Because guess what? You're holding up the card, and you're looking very good, and showing them what round it is. But let's. Get more ring fellas in there too, and not just for Invictus. Yes, I was saying, I will say, and it, it's, I'll I, shake my, the, I'll shake my boobs out there for I'll them. Fucking yeah, I'll, I'll put sh- my tits I'll out shake, there. I'll shake my obnoxious they're, boobs. They're not them. obnoxious, but they are fucking offensive. Mine are, mine are obnoxious. <laughs> mine are yeah. obnoxious. You look at them and they're like, Jesus, who's looking at me? That fat Albert on a guy's stomach. And to Imagine. reference the follow up question about that what are kate's what is kate's stance i didn't get a chance to ask her our schedules have been a little flip-flopped uh i didn't see her basically all day today but what i will say is that i think in general kate supports them supports breast implants yeah yeah like a bra she supports them (laughs) yeah yeah that's what exactly what i want to say she's like a bra okay Thank you, Mike. Everyone go give him a follow. It's at Microcosm, spelled like Mike, the name, and then Rocosm. Pretty fucking great. All right, next question. Hey, Juice and Leo. It is Ty from the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast. Sorry, I was trying to look at something. I only have one question, and they'll, they'll detail in a minute, but... Were you at Dana? 
where you at, you? I don't even know. <laughs> I was trying to go somewhere with that, but I'm not sure. <laughs> trying to do like a whole Nick Diaz with the where you at, George, but didn't really work out that well. But my question is, is it a, was it a really bad luck for the UFC that Dana White wasn't there for International Fight Week to put the belts on the two champions? Or, like, we didn't really see him at all. So someone shed some light. Where the F was Dana White during International Fight Week? Yeah, that's all I got. Peace. I can answer that question easily. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Dana White realized that it was uh, instead of fucking Friday, he said fucking win. Uh, he said fucking weekend. Oh yeah. And he decided to just eat a bunch of spaghetti out of a stripper's asshole. And he kept saying fucking terrible every time he would take a bite. But he would still take a bite. <laughs> fucking terrible. Yeah. Did I tell you that my dad watches those? Yeah. Yes. I think and gets so mad at Dana, like. This fucking asshole or this fucking idiot. He's so stupid. <laughs> it's so funny too, because like he sends me like I think it's now I'm I'm realizing I, I definitely have said this, but he sends me like anywhere from 10 to 18 TikToks a day. And I almost never open them. But if he because it's usually just the link, I'm like, I don't know what I'm about to click on. I'm not gonna risk bruising up the fucking algorithm. If he sends the link and also has a comment like this fucking guy, and it's a Friday. I'm so confident it's Dana no. White. I don't even think about it. And I open it up and it's like. And sure enough, there's Dana eating spaghetti out of a stripper sassel. And then on the off chance, like he'll make something that isn't that wild and it actually sounds pretty good. Dana hates it. And he's like, well, he doesn't fucking know anything. That looks good or whatever. Like, I'm just wow. like, just hates him. Got it. Hates him. Just hates him. Uh, where, yeah, where was it? Uh, doesn't make the UFC look bad. Yeah, they, I mean, like, he's the, you know, he's the figurehead of the, and, and he, to point out International Fight Week is true, and I think that comes to the point of, we should just call it International Fight Day, and Dana yeah. should be there for that. Here's here's my thoughts on this. Two things. One, it showed, there's maybe three, depending on how you want to categorize these. It showed just how fucking irrelevant Dana is, like, there. I didn't even notice until Ty's question. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess Dana wasn't there. And I guess if you're a new champion, like, like let's say Jared had won or Matt. Well, I mean, Max is not a new champion, but he would have newly gotten this belt again. But I, I guess, no, I, I think I'm more referencing, like, your first time being champion. Like, you're, like you kind of think about your boss, the president, putting around. It's like, makes you feel more official. Like, if someone yeah. else had put it on, it would have been like, whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, they probably wouldn't care. It's like... I still right. got the fucking belt. And okay, I want to say a caveat to like whether or not this is true. Because if Dana had good reason, like Dana has been years, and so sometimes he has like flare ups and things like that. He's probably he's apparently got it under control with this new like advancement in, in medical science or whatever. He goes to this place, they do something and it's like stem cells or whatever and he doesn't have many years for a whole year or whatever he does like once a year so if he like maybe for like missed a treatment um maybe he could have had a flare-up i don't know i'm just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt or like kind of you know uh think of reasons that could have been or maybe a death in the family that could have had an emergency but if neither of those are true 
bad look. Like he always says like to certain fighters, like, Oh, you got to show up. You got to do your job. Like uh, no one pays me for not showing up or whatever. Like all the stuff he says, like, is if like he's whatever. Yeah. Wasn't there. Was not there. Yeah. He should have, and he should have been there. Like I said, especially for international fight week. Like, come on. You're going to build a fan event to say that big, but you know, who knows? He's going to, maybe he'll address it, but I don't think he will. They'll probably just, you know, brush over it. Fucking A. All right, here is our next question. And thank you for that, Ty. You guys go check out the Front Kicks and Throw Cuddles podcast. They're back. I sent in an inappropriate question this week. It's not wouldn't, that inappropriate. I just wouldn't said, expect like, anything less. Yeah. I mean, fucking A. I just said, I said, which fighter do you think has the best body, male or female? Mm. Well, I think I said male and, meaning like do both. Yeah, do both of them. All right, here's the uh, next question from the homie Rhino. Hey, Jason Lee, it's your homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast. So when we have a major event like we did last night with UFC 276, sometimes the following show, there can be kind of a little of that hangover effect, right, where it's like I was so hyped up for this card. I don't know how hyped up I'm getting for the next one because there's not as many big names. There's not as much at stake, so on and so forth. But there's a lot of fights I'm actually looking forward to next week. Um, I kind of want to hear at least one fight from each of you, like a fight that you're really looking forward to on next week's card and that you're really kind of excited about and uh, looking forward to and what you think is going to happen. So thanks very much. You know, we love the show. Talk to you guys later. Peace. You know, it's funny that he brings that up because you mentioned basically that for this card. You were like, oh, we've had so much, so many banger cards. This one didn't even feel that great. And I was like, really? So I, I shudder to, to look at the. I haven't even looked at next week's card. Okay, I, RDA versus Fizzy. Yeah, for me, uh, I hope that I think, I think next week's card is going to be a banger. I have a feeling, like I'm looking at these names and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. And, I, and at the same time, I'm like, it doesn't always matter. So, you know, uh, mm. I, I mean, honestly, the one that I'm looking forward to the most um, for the next week's card is the Michael Johnson versus Jamie Malarkey. I was looking at that too. like Mainly because Jamie Malarkey looks like, um, if anyone ever played- uh, Eddie Ocarina, Redmayne? Well, yeah, but if anyone's ever played Ocarina of Time, he kind of looks like the guy, um, there's like a sad- character in there that's missing one of his blue cuckoos it's a part of the um the, <laughs> village yeah and it's a part yeah. of the sword journey and he's he's in the lost woods and he's crying about his uh his blue and that's exactly what jamie malarkey looks like <laughs> just like that sad guy who lost his cuckoo so if they ever make a movie of ocarina of time we yeah know eddie redmayne which, can play <laughs> yeah and so could jamie malarkey <laughs> yeah uh but anyways uh his it's just that furrowed brow. It just looks mm. so. It's he looks so sad. But anyways, um, that that fight I think is going to be uh, spectacular. Um, oh, this is interesting. Cynthia Calvillo versus yes. Nina Nunez. Now it's listed at one twenty five, and I know that like Cynthia now fights at one twenty five, but used to fight at strawweight. Nina has only, at least in the UFC, only fought at strawweight to my knowledge. So this is interesting to me, like her moving up is something that I hadn't even thought I would want to see. And I thought there was a possibility that maybe Nina would be retired. I, for some reason, thought that she had done that. Guess not. Hmm. Oh, and oh, I, I also remember that you said, that how do we think it's going to go? I think uh, Michael yes. Johnson is going to submit Jimmy Malarkey. 
I think Nina Nunez is going to beat Cynthia Carrillo. Okay. I think like Cynthia is going to be able to, I don't know, hang on the feet a little bit. And I think she's going to try for a takedown because Nina's obviously a better striker. Cynthia is a better grappler, but I think Nina's grappling is underrated. Like I want to say it was that one fight she had with Jocelyn Live. I forget how to pronounce her name. It's like Liebarger or whatever. Let me see if I can pull up her record real quick. Jocelyn Jones Liebarger. Yep. It was like a hyphen last name. Jocelyn Jones Liebarger. She basically like dominated her in the grappling that entire fight. Now, granted, that was because like it was basically just a striker. Um, but, you know, I think basically I think Cynthia's striking is overrated and Nina's grappling is underrated. And where you think it's going to be like a striker versus grappler matchup, I don't think that's going to be the case necessarily. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to that fight as far as, you know, I didn't want to say anything on the main card because we're going to give our picks at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm liking that fight as well. I also like Eamon Zahabi versus Ricky Tercios. Ricky is the ultimate fighter winner. And I loved his fights on the show. He beat the brakes off of Brady High Stand, I think, to win the the thing. He also beat Dan Argetta. The good, the guy is good, and yeah. uh, Eamon's a hobby is no fucking joke as well. We know this, being Frost Hobby's little brother. So that's gonna yeah. be a fucking banger, and I I don't have a prediction for that. Um, just banger. That's the yeah, prediction. just bang. Yeah, my prediction fireworks yeah. on both sides. Yeah. All right. Fucking A, dude. All right. Thanks, Rhino, for the question. Yes. Thank you, Rhino, for the question. Guys, go check out Rhino's podcast. He has a great interview this week, and I'm looking forward to it. Also, I teased earlier my question. He sent a gift, dude. We have this uh, group chat, and uh, he was like, sneak peek for this for your question. And I, he swear to God, the gift was Andrea Bocelli. I was like, do you think someone on the UFC roster can sing opera, dude? <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> I have no idea what direction this is going in. But uh, I love it. And, oh, yeah, we have one more voice. Well, we have actually a few more voice, but as far as Anchor, we have one more from Dave. All right. Hey guys, Devil here. And I was wondering if you had a similar fan experience to me. Uh, back when I started, obviously, I was a Just Bleed fan, just wanted violence. Then I got more into it, started understanding the martial arts and really appreciating those more. But now, after last night, seeing two technical masterclasses in the main and co-main events, I feel like a Just Bleed fan. Uh, <laughs> let me know what you think. Thanks, and I uh, love the show. I love this so much because... That's pretty much my exact same journey, but like I sort of skipped the initial just bleed phase a little bit, or at least I fast forwarded through it because I remember like initially watching being like, Oh yeah, I definitely want to see fucking knockouts and whatever. And if like someone was wrestling, I'd be like, Oh, lame prey, like, you know, saying all this stuff. But I think pretty, pretty soon. Cause like it was the turning point for me was like uh, Michael Bisping versus Anderson Silva, that fight card in London. Um, and that was only a couple months after you and I had started watching. And I think very quickly I, I like wanted to be 
like a combat sports hipster and i'm like oh no you don't understand the subtlety of the strike you right. know what i mean like yeah, yeah. i was like let me get into the minutiae especially like in that. that card there was like a a 20 second submission by timu pakalan and i just remember uh-huh. being like yo what the fuck even happened what was that uh-huh. and like trying to get more into jujitsu that way and watching all those gracie breakdowns so yeah i have that same and now just like he said if, if a fight is like boring I'm, I'm i'm no longer i've like stopped using the word chess match or like whatever i'm like oh come on like do something yeah yeah i, I totally agree i mean last night I, I was feeling it i was just i just was like man this is we got incredible fireworks in uh in austin like just an incredible incredible fireworks show um that you know it's just sometimes it's just really hard to top and 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 that's what's even weirder is you know the ufc can these fight cards can happen um these types of fight cards can happen anywhere and like that's the worst thing is that like you know paying paying for the pay-per-view and not paying for the pay-per-view it's like well some at this point a lot of these fights are going to start to level out and the fireworks that they're promising uh for for pay-per-views for belts and stuff like that are just might might not be there and that's going to be you know very i guess upsetting you know obviously because the divisions are going to be i feel like the what decides the divisions like moving forward on the pay-per-view if they're like not as spectacular as you want them to be you're going to start saying like well what is up with this ranking like why does this person have the belt you know what i mean like yeah so there's there's but yeah i definitely felt myself last night being like can can we get any better knockout and then Pereira answered that and then and then like i said that like i said the alex and volk fight i mean the alex and volk sorry the alex and the alex and max fighting with himself yeah (laughs) we're back yeah max and volk um the max and volk fight um you know because of the history of the first two you're just like oh can't wait and then it ends up being just a you know volk just being like i'm shutting down every single part of your game and then same thing yeah. for Izzy as well. Izzy being like, I'm shutting your game down. So that's that. And I, I honestly, I didn't even think about it. So now it was very similar last night, the Max and Volk fight was very similar to his performance against TKZ. Only mm-hmm. difference is Max is younger and not as punch drunk as Korean zombie is and mm-hmm. was able to like fire back a little more, but in terms of Volk's approach and just like nullifying everything, very similar to the, the Korean zombie performance. Yeah. So yes, I, I do want more, more violence, but like I said, I mean, I said it last time is that there's um, with, with wrestling and uh, grappling and jujitsu and stuff like that. There's just a level to it that I, like I said, is like a base level for me of, of excitement. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, you can have exciting grappling. we've seen it people would rather watch a boring striking fight than a boring grappling fight i agree i do agree with that but but even so like i I don't know like i mean you look at the look at the macy barber and jessica i fight last night i mean like terrible just clench fest and just terrible just Just one of the absolute worst fights and fucking Jessica I retiring was so funny, dude. We didn't talk about her literally begging Joe Rogan to be on his her podcast. Like she tried shaming him into fucking the last time. Last time she was like, oh, you can look at my ass, but you can't invite me on your podcast. And he was like, all right, we'll make it happen. Like this time, I think he was like, 
felt bad. She was like, please. She she went, she changed her post to like appeal to his human nature. She's like, please, I'm begging. I'm retired. Can I please be on your podcast? for my OnlyFans. Oh my God. Anyway. Yeah, dude. Um, what's it called? By the way, have you heard the story of Chael Sonnen talking about meeting Jessica for the first time? No. So funny, dude. He talks about um it actually might have been because like he in the latter part of his career trained in portland with page when page moved to american top team portland um that's where well at the time it was gracie baja but they got bought he talks about setting up a match for them i think they were they were signed to fight in the ufc but he talks about sign like he signed him to fight in submission underground as well, like grappling, or it might have been just guy and someone else, but I'm not, I'm pretty sure it was Paige. But he was talking about it. He was like, So I've never met Jessica, but he talked to her on the phone and she sounds like Marge Simpson. <laughs> Which, if you close your eyes, you're like, Yeah, yeah, that's fucking Marge Simpson. Got right. that same gravelly, nasally voice. Mm-hmm. And he was like, But then you meet her, and I'm like, Oh, she's marketable <laughs> and Paige is also marketable it's a pretty marketable fire <laughs> it's so funny dude so chill so chill oh, well thank you dave l uh like i said send us your fucking address <laughs> so we can send you something nice <laughs> yeah exactly like send me your fucking address right now i want to send you flowers send, send me location I'll, I'll get it get it to you Um, this next question is from Shane Tara. He sent it in on Instagram, and him and I send voice messages back and forth a lot. And with Instagram, like you can like title them or whatever, it's just like a little sound wave thing, as most people know who have used Instagram. And so I don't know when the last time he sent it, but he sent he sent the question in again. So I want to make sure to play it. Just like I missed the last question, but this time he sent it again, which I think is great. It's the same question. Great, but here it is. I want to add on to the question that I asked last week, and hopefully you'll you'll play at least one of them. Um, so I said it's interesting how Jaron uh, Jer- Jared Vallel Jaron Vallel I think it's Jaron Jaron Vallel um, was a ref and then became a judge. Um, and we all know that French Fred used to be a fighter, and now he's a ref. So it'd be interesting to see if he becomes a judge, and a few years or a couple of decades or whatever. Um, and then at, at that point to see if he's, if he does take that path, if he's good at being a judge or any of the other referees that might be good at judging, um, like her might be good or, um, Jason, uh, Jason Herzog, uh, he helps run a judging, uh, judging camp or a judging uh, class, I think. So, yeah, just, I think that's interesting. Although you can hear the fights in the background as well. I thought this was a great question. And like, I didn't even know until he said that Jaron Vallel had become a judge now because Jaron Vallel used to be one of my favorite refs, dude. He was like the patron saint of point deduction. He was, I, I remember specifically, I remember exactly where I was. I was in MJ's bar in Middletown watching UFC 236, I think it was. Max Griffin versus this Russian guy he had a beef with. I forget the guy's name. One of them, I want to say it was the Russian guy, does a fence grab. Max Raymond tries to take him down, grabbing the fence. 
immediately Jaron Vallow deducts a point. He's like, nope, can't do that. Fuck you. Point deduction. Let's keep moving. And I was like, this fucking guy is the shit. So I can only assume he's a phenomenal judge based on based on my one <laughs> remembrance of him deducting points in a fight. But like, you don't see that. And I just like, it's such, it's, it was so memorable to me. So that, yeah, I, I, I think that this point, like high level refs would make great judges when they can no longer make calls. Yeah. Cause like, you gotta be so slick, not so slick, but you can't be like half a step behind on some of these calls. Like, if you're getting up there in age, if you're whatever, like you just can't do that. Like that's why big John McCarthy transitioned out of it. He's like, I can't be on my feet for that long. I can't do keep up with a five round fight anymore. Like you just can't. Yeah. Um, I don't think he would make a good judge because he's fucking batshit crazy. Um, mm. Even though he is a licensed judge and, and has judged before and is uh, a, a licensed kickboxing judge, I think, or box. I think it's actually boxing uh, ref and judge, but uh no, Big John McCarthy. If you're if you're the kind of guy that said uh, MVP had more, like, what did he say? MVP's competition is tougher than Anderson Silva's was at that point in their career. Like, hey, if you're saying that, you don't you don't get to be a judge. <laughs> but yeah, some of the other, like Herb Dean again, like, may not be the best at making calls anymore. And like gets, I think sometimes there's confidence issues, like make a hard call and like you're overcompensating for the next one or whatever. That doesn't really come into play with judging. I think he could be a good judge. Um, and Mark Smith, who is someone who I think is like fucking shitty, like makes a lot of shitty calls. But Mark Smith, the reason why Mark Smith was able to like, okay, if, you, if you, I, I saw this YouTube video and I think I, I'm pretty sure I hate the site that put it out. So I don't want to name them, but the, this video in particular was good. And it was like talking about refs and saying how like a lot of refs like have, by the way, another fighter turned ref who would make a great judge, Chris Lieben. Um, but a, a lot of like refs have either fighting experience or they train jujitsu. Like as um, Mark's. audio hello there we go now there we go we're just gonna do it without the mic we're gonna fucking do it live my i think my mic just took a dump nice. um, how much of that did you hear what was the last part we you just heard? got to mark smith saying saying something about mark smith that was it okay i was gonna say i watched this youtube video once mark smith a lot of fighters not a lot of fighters, a lot of refs are either like fought amateur fights or, or like, like I think Keith Peterson actually had a few amateur fights or whatever, like, or, or like compete in jujitsu, like some sort of training they do. Like uh, Jason Herzog competes and, and trains jujitsu, I think. Maybe not competes, but he trains jujitsu. Cause Dominic Cruz said he rolled with him before. That's how I know. Um, Mark Smith while he may may train now, I don't like he didn't starting out. And like the reason why he was able to like make up a lot of that gap is I think he was an officer in the Air Force or something. Maybe he was an officer, but I'm pretty sure he was in the Air Force. And when you have like military discipline, I feel like that's someone that could make a good judge is like that black or white blatant. Like, was this person win the round? Were they the more effective striker? Were they more effective grappler? Like, hard and fast you know definitive 
calls like that, I think he would be good at. Yeah. Hmm. Chris Tione, terrible judge. Yeah. Yeah. Who's another? Uh, Mike Beltran. Well, I was thinking Mike. A decent ref. I don't think he would Probably be a good wouldn't judge. be a good judge. Yeah. I feel. I just feel like, and this is also because of what something actually Shane Tara talked to me about Mike Beltran's past, uh, which I don't want to talk about on the podcast because I don't have a lot of the information. It would just be hearsay. But I think he's biased. And that's the other thing too that sucks about MMA being such a young sport is that while it would be great if like former fighters and stuff would become judges, too many conflict of interests, dude. You know what I love? I love that that you're like this mic. I'm done. Just took a dump. Hands literally immediately yeah. behind your head. <laughs> yeah. Well, yep. Straight I do. Chilling. I do this in my team meetings sometimes. I like. I think I look like such a pussy sometimes that like I want people to know I have a tattoo, even if yeah. it's a fucking Harry Potter tattoo. Exactly. So, yeah. Sometimes I'm like showing like this. I'm like. Yeah, anyway, so... Well, anyways, I'll just show my forearm. Yeah, show my forearm. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Shane. Yeah. Tara. <laughs> I want to play the other one. because I think there was a little bit more on that, but that was the gist of it. He basically kind of rephrased the question, and I thought it was a great question, so thank you, bro. Um, Shane, Tara, not on Twitter, but on IG, if anyone is on um ig right and now we will transition to the fsp hotline oh yeah not the twitter form that's not what i was gonna say making a transition here we go sorry i have it pulled up but I was just reading because usually with uh, MMA Catfish, um, the fucking transcripts are wild. But this one isn't that crazy. Oh, but it's three minutes long. Well, great. Let's go. Wow. Three minute long question. Really mm-hmm. Oh, I'm on a Twitter break because I'm just tired of stupid people. Not MMA related for once. But uh, just more about society. Uh, stupid listen. Always good stuff. Hey, I'm going to have to ask you to do something I know you won't do. Put aside your Izzy fandom. Because my question for you revolves around Israel Adesanya and his style of fighting. And personally, I'm very disappointed that he didn't finish Jared Kennedy. And not to be the he didn't win good enough guy. Because... I, I like Izzy. He's a good fighter. He does a good job. He's very skilled. Um, but it's disappointing for me that he talks so much trash leading up to fights. And he, even the way he acts during the fights, uh, like you saw him, like I think it was after the third round, kind of going at it with Kennedy or, uh, after the bell, taking him on. But then he didn't finish him and never really even came close to finishing him. It was a dominant performance, and it was clear that he had won to everybody, including Kennedy's team and all of that. Um, but it, it just disappoints me that he doesn't finish because of the way he acts. And uh, I, I recognize that being the champ is incredibly difficult. You know, as a GSP fan, with people fighting to keep the title, but one of the things that I liked about GSP was that he was incredibly dominant. Now... I felt Izzy clearly won, but there were moments where Cannoneer was in there and might have actually pulled something off. 
uh, versus with GSP, you know, man, he was just wrecking fools. I mean, he literally broke Koscheck's face with his jab, and GSP was not a striker, right? When he would wrestle club people, and he just absolutely destroyed them. Um, and I have been critical of John Jones as well for the way that he will fight so safely and only win three out of five, knowing that that's going to get him the, the win, but doesn't actually try hard. Uh, and over game plans from Jackson Week, which is the Jackson Week problem, and I think also um, for John Jones, it's a motivational problem. Um, and so I'm not sure that it's necessarily a problem with Izzy. I just feel like if you're going to be so aggressive with all of the smack that you talk online all of the time, <laughs> not just before a fight, but just all the time, he was constantly talking smack. Uh, and then also in the lead up, and then even during a fight, like, I'd like to see you actually get a finish. Um, so what do you guys think? I guess really I'm asking Leo because, you know, ain't no way the juice can put aside his fanboy uh, big hornball hard-on over Izzy, which is cool. I get it, man. I get it. I'm out. FMP for life. That's a really funny way. To... I like it because he obviously he said put aside your fandom and then at the very end, at, at the beginning, and then you were just like, that's not going to happen. At the very end, he's like, I'm just asking Leo because you're not going to put aside your fandom <laughs> for Izzy. Here's the thing with that is that I, di- I disagree. Well, hold on. Let me frame this because I want to get to the question, but I want to acknowledge what he said about putting aside the fandom because I don't think you can put yourself into these like conditions in your mind and isolate that at least in, in certain scenarios. Like, I can't tell, like, forget I'm a fan, forget I'm a fan. Like, that's part of how I'm going to view things regardless. Like, the act of trying to remove a bias is in itself a bias. Right, That's right, right. what I believe. But aside from that, I think my answer doesn't depend on whether or not I'm a fan. Because I think the way I'm viewing this is about, like, champions in general and, like, how I feel about that is that I disagree with the notion that you have to get a finish to be considered like the better fighter or to prove yourself the better fighter or be dominant. Like Volk didn't finish Max. We're pretty fucking sure who's the better fighter now. Like it was a pretty goddamn dominant performance. And I also disagree with the notion that uh, it'll come to me. I, I had two things that I disagreed with, but it was, it was mostly that. Was, I, I just think like, oh, it was about the smack talk. I think people can talk smack regardless. I think the only person that I, I really have a problem with the way they talk smack is fucking Sean Strickland. Because A, he, he, he's the most aggressive shit talker I've ever seen. Like right. just, just saying the, the most vile things and, and for no reason – and won't shut the fuck up about it. And he goes in there and actually point fights. Like, I feel like you could call what Izzy does point fighting, but that's maybe that's the fan of me, but maybe that's also like a little bit enemy hipster in me where I'm like, no, what he's doing is so much more whatever. Like, I think he's drawing people into traps and like, like Jared wasn't, wasn't going after it enough as much as he normally does to your point earlier. Um, But I think it was clear to me, like, he had Jared just confused. And to me, that's as good as getting a finish. Like I said, it wasn't like 
that aesthetically pleasing. It wasn't incredibly dominant. Like it wasn't like he was like beating him from pillar to post. But Izzy was in control of that fight from bell to bell, and you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I understand the point he's making is of of saying like being so good, but. Every performance before this point from Izzy, a lot of people say he's coasting from it. But I mean, like I said, it's it is stifling everyone. Um, nobody is really heavily putting him in danger, with the exception of Jan uh, Blahovitz. You know? Yeah. So like, that's the that's the only part I have to say. Like, and not for nothing, Jan was pretty dominant in that fight as well. It didn't finish Izzy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I don't know. It, it's just like. Should he not be talking as much? I, I think, I don't know. I think you're right about the idea that, that everyone can talk trash as much as they want, uh, you know, until up until the point that they lose, then you got to kind of humbled out. And, and then you, you know, I mean, like, look at the way that, that, that Connor's talk changed from after, you know, Nate losing, you know, he, 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 did, yeah. he just didn't have that as much bite anymore. And even now it has the worst, like it's it just sounds so weird so i think that that with that being said i do i do wish that last night's performance was a little bit more dominant um in the sense of uh, aggression in the sense of is his aggression but that's just not how he fights uh and that's not how he's he's maintained his belt this entire time uh so he's a counter striker and jared cannonier is perfect for that but jared just didn't show his old school colors um of, yeah. of walking people that he just didn't he did get he got confused he got he got tripped up uh you know like you said he was a victim of the moment and um you know so i also think like unless i missed it because i honestly as as weird as this is going to sound i don't really follow izzy on social media like i follow him but i don't see his tweets i don't like i'm not on instagram i mostly see people like talking about it like that's just the fucking shitty twitter algorithm and the fact that i follow like 6,500 random people. Um, but, and, and, and because Izzy started fucking, when, when he started becoming friends with like Booger Beard, I, I started to hate his feet. I'm like, honestly, like, this is the worst shit I've ever seen. Um, but I haven't seen Izzy say, like, I'm going to knock him out. I think if you call your shot enough times and it, it never comes to fruition, then it gets a little tiresome. Like, I noticed they're like, oh, I'm going to knock this guy out. I'm going to fucking, and then you, and you fight like that. And it goes just like five rounds. Then I could say, okay. But if it just, if, it, if you're just like, I'm better than you, or I'm, you know, you just pump yourself up. Like that's, that's part of it. That's, that's why I love I, this sport. I think this time is what, what he said was, uh, you know, knockout or choke out is how it's going to end. Uh, but I mean, like calling your mm. shot though, and not winning that way. Like well, that's Jared did that... choke. So. Oh, wow. Fair enough. Oh, it's such a stretch. Yeah. It was a very big stretch. <laughs> Thank right. you. Yes, thank you for Catfish. the question, Seth. Listen to his podcast, Catfishing with the Tat Daddy. Some good rants on there. Some good fuck you Fridays. And that is actually it for voice questions. I see. And if we missed one, I'm going to be sad because I literally played them all. <laughs> yeah, there's no way he didn't play them all. Well, sometimes like someone will send in like something from somewhere I'm not expecting and I don't check it, but I don't think that's the case here. Okay, everybody. We have two questions. Yes, we have two questions. 
It's fucking Pat Tobin. This is great. And he's are he's in this as a as a Volk fan. It says will the 1995 Kevin Costner film Waterworld be a sign of things to come with the tears of salty Max fans overflowing the oceans. I mean, I still love Max, but can we please move on now? Can we all just acknowledge Volk is pretty good now? We see the featherweight goat. I mean, we're we're you know, yeah, I, uh, pretty good now. I mean, he's been pretty good since he showed up. <laughs> so yeah, I was just say I've because of how close the first two fights were, I've just held on this thing that like, yes, he Volkanovski is elite. He's great, and he is better than everyone else in the division. But I was like. Max could still get it. And that was obviously biased on my part. But I, I even said last week, dude, I was like, if you ask me to bet on this fight, like I think Volk is going to win. Yeah. I just can't in good conscience. Like my whole philosophy, I was always pick with your heart. Like I always yeah. say that. And like, I'll never shy away from that. Um, but in this case, I was just like, you know, and, and that, it came to fruition and like had my hand, like I will, I've given Volk all the props on this one. Absolutely. There is no, I mean, yeah. I'm going. I'm going as far as him keeping to his word of saying that he's going to keep both belts busy if they decide to let him up there, and and if he wins, you know, like if I think he does so too, that, because he he definitely wants to be. He he's always wanted to be an active champion. Yeah, and like so, because he's Australian, he doesn't do a ton of media. Like a lot of the media outlets are in the U.S. and like they're not going to be on his schedule. Like yeah. he gets up at six a.m. to do Ariel's show. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So yes, we he is. He is probably at this point the the featherweight goat at this time, but as we know, it always changes. Yeah, and I would say like I don't want like not to take anything away from him, but I I hate that recency bias of always wanting to proclaim the goat. But it, it, it for a while it was like okay, Jose Aldo is the featherweight goat. Yeah, and it really was a, like over a span of like several years where he was the champion, like so many defenses in WC days, like he just built this resume that was undeniable. And Max came around, had this incredible win streak at featherweight. Like he went 10 in a row, I think before he even got the interim shot mm-hmm. against Pettis, or maybe that was the 10th fight in a row. I'm not sure. I think it was. Cause he fought cause UFC two, <laughs> UFC 199, the Ricardo Lamas fight, that was nine in a row. Because I remember the press conference, him being like, well, I'll go 10 in a row if I have to. And then they gave him the shot at Pettis, interim belt, UFC 206. Unified with Jose at 212. And beat the absolute breaks off of him. Just dominated the fight. <laughs> Rematched him, UFC 218, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Also dominated him. Yeah, And so it's like, and like Tev had this great tweet. He was like, okay, I get that, you know, we can call Jose the goat, but there's footage out there of Max absolutely destroying your boy. Yeah. And like now we're saying that about Max and Volk. It's like, yeah. okay, if you think Max is the goat, there's footage out there of yeah. Volk destroying your boy. And more important, yeah, more importantly, last night being the, the heaviest hand of it. The the yeah, the final nail in the coffin. Uh, but yeah, because the other ones were pretty competitive. So for me, I st- I like to take both of them out of it. I like to say it's Jose Aldo. But if you're going to call Max the goat, it has to you yeah, that's just wrong. Like it has to be Volk. Like you can't yeah. be 0-3 against somebody and you're the goat and they're not. Like it's just not yeah. how math work works. That way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, for for me it's for me it's Jose just because resume 
and and you're using the world all, all time. Like in a few years, Volk calls it a career, and he walks away, doesn't hasn't lost the belt. Well, even if he has, depending on how you know, maybe. But mm-hmm. let's just say, at that point, we'll probably call him the the greatest of all time, of the greatest featherweight of all time, at least. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's my stance on it. Just, just to be like frank, but I thought like great question. The fucking Waterworld. Yeah, no idea how. I've never seen that movie Waterworld, but I've seen the stunt show Universal so many times, and yes. I feel like I know the whole plot of it based on that. And it's so fucking hilarious that one of the biggest flops in cinema history became a really successful show for them. Like they recouped like all their profits <laughs> from the fucking stunt show at Universal, like Orlando. It's well, quite nice. Mostly Hollywood. Right. I don't know if it's at Orlando actually, but I think it is. Probably, yeah, I would imagine it's in both, but like um, one of our uh, stage combat professors at our the school we went to is the villain. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I love that. I also, I remember like they also, they love to like when they do the uh, end of the show and they announce everybody, they were announcing people's credits. And then I think the first time I shot, saw the show, I might've been, I might've been a kid. I think I was, well, not a kid, but like 15. Mm-hmm. Gee, well, that's a kid, but I'm just saying not like little, little. Yeah. Um, teenager was my for my birthday weekend that 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 year, and I went and saw the show. And the villain then, they were like, and you may have seen him in Dodgeball at the time, one of my favorite comedies of all time, still is, but I I kind of tend to forget about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, after the words you like, meet and greet, shake hands, like, oh, who were you in Dodgeball? He's like, I think I was on the German team. Vince Vaughn hit me in the face with a ball. That's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. That's fucking the careers. That's how it fucking goes. Stump, stump people. All right. Um, this next question is from Sandy Pants. We all know Miss Pants around here. And I commented on her question. I said, God damn it, Miss Pants. You ratioed the fuck out of me with this. The 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 amount of tweets or the amount of likes on the forum tweet, the original post, four likes. Sandy's comment. 28 and four comments of its own underneath that comment <laughs> ratioed me into oblivion um, because she said most enjoyable moment of the night. Here's mine. And it's a fucking picture of Alex Pereira knocking Sean Strickland into fucking next week. Honestly. And like, like, so there was the, the fight, I, I don't know the gentleman's name, but the fight that got Alex Pereira into the UFC, his fight on in LFA, he knocked this dude the fuck out with a clean-ass left hook just like that. And the guy couldn't move for like five minutes. It was one of the worst knockouts I've ever seen. It was scary as fuck. And when when he knocked Sean Strickland out, especially the fact that the the, the hook, you could tell he was out on his feet, but sort of like woke up a little little bit on the yeah, way just, down yeah, or to something get another fist in his face yeah and and and, Sh- and alex Pineda followed up with those two crosses like right behind mm-hmm. each other and like the the second one i don't even know if that second one landed like it did and by oh it did well it let it it kind of maybe grazed it landed, him, it, it was it landed on the top of his head yeah yeah by that time herzog was already stepping in he's like bro he's already out what are you doing yeah. like stepping in sean popped up right after that and for that, I will say, even though, like I said, Sean Strickland is an entire piece of shit, I would have probably felt uncomfortable if he had been out for as long. Because as much as I like think Sean Strickland is a terrible human being, I don't want the sport I watch to be marred by something like that, which is where I'm like, oh, my God, 
Yeah, and also he's crazy enough. So, any more any more brain damage would make it worse. One thousand percent, dude. Yeah. And so, like, I was like, thank God it was such a brutal knockout that he didn't like go to sleep for actually. Like, mm. thank God he was up and like. Had oh my god, wits. it was so yeah. good. Uh, my my most enjoyable moment of the night, I think, for real, actually, was Izzy's walkout. I thought it was really cool. Fuck yeah, I, dude. Yeah, I thought I thought you know, I thought it was nice. So that's my most enjoyable moment of the night. My most enjoyable moment of the night. Honestly, I'm going to say it. It was the Volk fight. Okay. Aside from Brian Barbarina and Robbie Lawler, it was the best fight of the night. Mm -hmm. And like, I like when they don't give fight of the night to the champions. Like sometimes whenever they, unless it was like blatantly obvious, like Zhang Weili, um, and you want to MJ check, but like, let the guys on the undercard get some, you know, mm-hmm. you're making championship money. You're getting pay-per-view points. Like, don't do this. But like, that was probably the best fight of the night. And I honestly felt like a little bit of relief, a little bit of relief. I was, I felt a little bit relieved. I felt a little bit of relief to know that like <laughs> Man, this so trilogy times. is over. Yeah. And we can we can put it to bed because i i like volkanovsky and like the rivalry has just made everyone so crazy and like australians are like so crazy for their guy dude and mm-hmm. like i said this tweet i said listen i have volkanovsky as pound for pound number one he's great but with a shaved head he looks a bit like a thumb just put it out there <laughs> just say, it. to say it's fucking just uncomfortable say it. look at and they were so mad about that. I'm like, I literally, yeah, I said he's the pound for pound number one. And this guy comments, well, yeah, well, Max's face looks like a smashed meat pie. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Okay. Like, yeah, I happen to be a Max fan, but that tweet didn't necessarily tell you that. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, dude, I, this is like how I felt about Izzy and Rob as well. It's like the, the first, build up and that first five was like so the australians were like running us rampant on the timeline and like with those fucking reaper gifts everywhere and like i was used to play that clip from tev when you finally called into the podcast and be like we gotta talk our shit and just like oh dude i love it but after that moment and especially after the second fight as well like i i get to be a rob fan again like I, I was a Rob fan and the whole buildup made it like impossible to like support him because of the fucking fans. I don't know. Anyway, not that that was the case with Volk, but yeah. I don't know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the forum. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to jump to next week and our picks for UFC fight night, Dos Anjos versus Fiziev. Yes. And I will say this now that we're both in the, uh, in the, in the, in the fight pick league subject to change picks subject to change. Of course. But I try to keep it as close as I can. Uh, all right. So obviously for the first fight, Michael Johnson versus Jamie Malarkey, I have Michael Johnson winning. Uh, I had Jamie Malarkey. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't see how, but okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's very possible. Um, I think it's going to be fun scrapping. Like, it's weird. It's like Michael Johnson has those performances where it's like, 
wow, you knocked out Dustin Poirier or like, wow, you cracked Khabib a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he'll just fucking lose to Stevie Ray. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm no disrespect to my Scottish listeners who love Stevie Ray. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our next, Honestly, side change, I just want to defend Stevie Ray a little bit because like sometimes he is annoying. But like he made me laugh so hard one time on the WOCast with G and Mike Morgan. Uh, he, he Mike Morgan is good friends with uh, fuck Mark Chakazy, Mark Chakazy, and had both Mark and Stevie Ray on the podcast to interview. And he asked if listeners sent in questions. I was at that time such a big Mark Chakazy fan, and I sent in this question. I was like, I was like, one of my favorite Mark Chakazy fights is when he absolutely flatlined Timu Pakalin in 57 seconds or whatever it was. And I was like, with a with a brilliant spin kick, what is Mike going to do to Stevie Ray? And Stevie Ray got mad, rightfully so. I would have got mad at me too. And like, <laughs> it starts going off. And like, <laughs> Mike Jacasey was talking shit. And Stevie Ray just kept saying, you're athletic. You're athletic, <laughs> mate. You're athletic, but you're not a striker. You're not a grappler. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking maul you. I don't care if it's boring or he just. <laughs> I was like, respect to that. Respect <laughs> to to CV Ray for that. Next fight we have is Jared Vandera versus Chase, Chase Sherman. Sherman. And Jared uh, Vandera fans will be happy that they're finally giving him a fight he can win. Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. I I say Jared Vandera. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in that. Uh, poor right. poor Chase Sherman is not getting easy fights anymore. They no. brought him back to the UFC to fucking be a stepping stone. Uh, next fight I have is uh, Jamie Pickett versus Dennis Tulinilin. It might be Denis Tule- or whatever. Denis Tulinilin. Isn't isn't he a Frenchman? Tule- Maybe Tule- I should Tule- know Tule- that. Oh no, it's a Russian. Denis Tulinilin. Denis Tulinilin. Tulialin. So it sounded like a Borat. Tulialin, I'll take Tulialin. Um, but he's 10 and 6. Uh, oh, yeah. Didn't he fight? Hold on. I swear to God, we saw his last fight like not that long ago. You're going to have to do some more research if you're going to win the fight league. Listen, I'm going to. I know you are. Also, we didn't say this. I, I feel like we're just competing against each other because like, if one of us actually wins, like, we get the belt back. Be... Oh, okay. <laughs> You think so? No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, why would we compete against each other? You know you're gonna win. I I I barely That's not true. Picks. I, I make these picks while I'm on Valium. <laughs> Is that true? No. <laughs> it feels so gullible. I was the like, way the way that my picks <laughs> the way the way my picks come out, it does feel that way though. Um, well, this is why I say something to change because <laughs> like you say, like, oh I try to keep them, but I, I remember like I always feel like when we record the podcast. You make your picks on the at least just the main card anyway. But I always go like, yeah. And like sometimes we have the same exact picks. And then whenever you make your picks on the app, I'm always like, the fuck is this guy on? Like I never cross reference. <laughs> like like sometimes I'm like, are you kidding me? I always want to mention like, hey bro, you should change your pick. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, and I and I never will. But anyway, yeah. um, yeah, I yeah. Got I'm looking the... at his last fight, uh, Denise or whatever he fought, Alias Khab Kizrayev. And got absolutely fucking mauled, lost by Rune okay. choke in All the right, second well, round. And I'm picking Jamie Pickett confidently okay. based on I'm that. I'm going to Lulun. To Lulun. Oh, are you? Yeah. Uh, you hate next... changing your mind. I'll, I'll come up with evidence and you're like, mm, well, I'm no. fucking going against it anyway. No. I, and yeah. 
I mean, he could be all right. Like, it's fighting. Anything could happen. It's fighting. Yeah. And our next fight we have is Douglas Silva de Andrade versus Syed Nurmagomedov. Uh, Nurmagomedov, I, I suppose. I'm going to boldly pick Douglas Silva de Andrade because it's also listed right now, at least on typology, as D Silva de Andrade, as if uh. we're not calling him Douglas anymore. I don't know, uh, but uh, my man's 28 and four. He's no slouch and he's had some fights. Like he's obviously a good grappler. He's, I think he's a black belt jiu-jitsu, but he's knocked people the fuck out too. I remember he had a fight against uh Hendon Burrell, which was so terrible. That fight was ass. And it's because they were, they were going up to, they're normally bantamweights and they were going up to featherweight and they just didn't have the cardio. I was like, Hey man, you fucking suck. But Douglas Silva Andrade, his last fights have been bangers, and Said Namagamadov, I feel like is like the lesser Namagamadov. Like he doesn't train over there in Douglas, he trains with Mark Henry. Could be. So I'm I'm going Douglas Silva. Uh next fight, Chao Borayo. Bohayo. Yeah, the double R is an H in Portuguese. Borayo. Borayo. Versus Armin Petrosian. Versus Armin Petrosian. I'm gonna go ciao. Same. I'm going ciao. I'm going ciao. Uh, ciao, Bella. Yeah. And then RDA versus uh, Fiziev. I got Fizzy. I got RDA, dude. He's no fucking pushover, dude. He's not gonna. He's not gonna walk in there and give uh, Fizzy his status and ranking. This is a five round fight. Uh, he can Ooh. fucking. We saw him go five rounds with Moicano and just absolutely. Brutalize him. Yeah. Ran him. More, more kind of one on short notice, but at the same time. Yeah. Like Always never, be prepared. Like RDA never fades. I haven't seen Fizzy go five rounds until then. It's RDA for me. And well, how long this fight has been postponed a while? A couple now. of times. At least yeah. or at least, at least once. The Moicano was was scheduled against Fizzy. Like the right. when we saw RDA last, he was supposed to fight Fizzy. <clears throat> I feel like maybe it was scheduled before and then like well in advance they had to move it. And then with that one, that was like fight week because of a yes. visa. Yes, like yes, yes. that one was like. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. So this is yeah, this is the third. Well, let's hope it's a banger. I think it will be. Yeah, I think it will be too. Like, there's no doubt in my mind this is going to be a good fight. Um, I think Fizzy fans are going to be disappointed. We'll see, because I'm we'll not see. really a Fizzy fan. I'm just picking. All right. Um... I am actually. <laughs> I like the guy, but I, I'm not like a dick writer. A lot of people on MMA Twitter are. I feel. Right. Uh, okay, well, that is the end of our podcast. Uh, you can follow me at leogh2113 on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Gmail. And you can send me an email on Gmail. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, in, in, uh, next week is our, our the fight, fight, league, fight Pick League starts over again. So tell your friends to join if you want them to have yes. some fun with us. And they can listen to the podcast. They don't have to listen to the podcast. They can just do their picks. It's up to them. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know there's at least uh, there's this one or two people that are in the fight pick league that don't really listen to the podcast, but that's fine. Are active in the fight pick league, and I, I love that. Yeah. We, we 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 did the Patreon also to like it's we're trying to build a community and uh, have a good place. Like I really love. I want to shout out um, Supermanly Nick. He uh, on, on the final post he said like it's been an honor picking against you know everyone here, and I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I love I love seeing stuff like that. 
And now for Juice to shout out our lovely yes. patrons. Speaking of which, let me give them a shout out. APB, Sandy Pants, Alex from Jersey, T-Cross, Fee, Dave L, Jimmy the Drunk, Mix the Man, Anonymous, David Everett, I don't know why I want David Everett. Oh, you know, he's really good at picking fights, is yeah, David Everett. David Everett's great at picking fights. Wholesome MMA. <laughs> Brian Pichet. I feel like I've done this a bit before where I want you to have start, but that was not on accident. Um, Dave, aka Nobby Buckles. We want to shout out Nobby Buckles too because, um, and, and Brian Shea, I think they were both at the CME 10 year anniversary. But I know for a fact, like Nobby Buckles sent this uh, awesome question. They did a power hour that was sort of like a live chat, um, which is something to do for the patrons. And Nobby Buckles had this amazing question, dude. It was like, what? Well, it was actually similar to something that I forget who asked this. Do you remember when someone asked us, like, when's the time that you fought or whatever? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like, you, you agree too much or whatever. Like, what yeah, was, yeah. what's the time you fought? He asked that about the host. Like, what, what's the what's the biggest, like, disagreement you've had or whatever? And I feel like it was a great. Question. You know, I was just thinking about that, too, the other day. And I realized that the name of our podcast is Friendly Sparring. So what did yeah. you expect? What did you expect? Well, maybe more sparring. <laughs> There's a little bit of sparring here and there. A little bit sparring, yeah. Like whenever you're you're saying something, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> just today, yeah, yeah, just today. <laughs> Actually, because of recent advice, someone asked that question, and like in a couple of weeks, they were like, well, there was this time when I was certain Dave L was the champion, and you were like, no, let's not say it. And I was like, no, I know this. <laughs> I'm happy that we made it official. Me too, me too. Uh, Dave uh, Nobby Buckles want to shout him out. Super manly Nick, David S. Decrons, but by the way, David S. Number three, Decrons number two in the Fight Pick League. We want, we want to shout them out as well. Yeah. Um, and I believe David Everett was number four and Sandy Pants is number five. Uh, but I didn't tell if those official scores. So I don't want to, it's, we're just trying to make sure finalize the winner. Harry Andrew, Cakes, QAR, and Dash. By the way, QAR um, active in the, in, the, in the Fight Pick League and came in late but was super consistent and like surpassed pe- some people that started early. So I think she's going to be one to watch for next yeah. season. And uh, Dash has been doing good as well. Dash, I think just last week, maybe one other week as far as like making picks, but like Dash, Dash could be, could be one to watch for the next season as well. So this should be very fucking interesting next season. And like I said, we're playing, playing for keeps. Do you have something to say, Leo? No, of course. Why would I have anything else to say? No, it's the end. Come on, it's not the end. It's the end. No. 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 Remember last, like, a couple weeks ago when I was just like, I let there be dead space for like 10 seconds before I cut the recording? I do remember that. That's a weird time to cut the recording cut. Well, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. I mean, why would I do that? <laughs> it's just, it's a very shaky plane landing. It's not a shaky plane landing. Because we're not ready to land the plane yet. <laughs> Landing the plane the would be if I ended the episode. 